Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F. from Connecticut, and I am a recovered, compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Monday, November 18th, 2019, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. Today we are reading from the Big Book, and we are in Chapter 5, How It Works, on page 68. We will be reading and commenting on the fourth paragraph, which begins with, Now About Sex, and ends on page 69 with, What Can We Do About Them? Today's readers are Esther S., Pat M. S., Kelly S., Du L., and Russ M. The share ID for yesterday Sunday, November 17, 2019, Special Edition Meeting is 13,675. That is 13675. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Esther F. to read the OA 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. This is Esther F a very, very grateful recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. The 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. 
thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Esther S. I will now ask Pat M. S. to read the OA 12 Traditions. Good morning. My name is Pat, and I'm a compulsive overeater. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend an OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. List problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such, I'll never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name, I'll never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relation policy is based on attraction rather than promotion we need to always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to be of service. Thank you, Pat MS. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, Let us know by saying pass and then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book in chapter five, how it works on page 68. We will be reading and commenting on the fourth paragraph, which begins with now about sex and ends on page 69 with What can we do about them? I will now ask 
Kelly S. to go ahead and read that for us. Well, good morning, friends. It is Kelly E.Y.S. in Oklahoma. Can't even believe I have this paragraph. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and bulimic. Um, Okay, so now about sex. Um, Many of us needed an overhauling there, but above all, we tried to be sensible on this question. It's so easy to get way off track off the track. Here we find human opinions running to extremes, absurd extremes perhaps. One set of voices cry that sex is a lust of our lower nature, a base necessity, a procreation. Then we have the voices who cry for sex and more sex, who bewail the institution of marriage, who think that most of the troubles of the race are traceable to sex causes. They think we do not have enough of it, or that it isn't the right kind. They see its significance everywhere. One school would allow man no flavor for his spare, and the other would have us all on a straight pepper diet. We want to stay out of this controversy. We do not want to be the arbiter of anyone's sex conduct. We all have sex problems. We'd hardly be human if we didn't. We can, what can we do about them? All right, well, so, let me get my timer started. God knows I'm fine for this to run up. Anyway, so I think it's important here, you know, that that I had to remember that, you know, what I'm trying to do is clean up my past. And this isn't about judgment, you know. Um, you know, I, I was so worried all the time about about anybody judging me. And this, you know, this whole inventory, you know, I, I think back on, on page 64, and it, it says, you know, that's fact-finding and fact-facing, and I'm just here to find out the truth. And, and I'm, I'm looking at, at all the things in my life, all my behaviors and, and my motives and, and my sexual conduct, my motives, you know, how have my behaviors impacted others, you know? And and that's what I'm looking for today. And it's about, you know, where have I been dishonest and selfish, which I know is the next paragraph. But, you know, so for me with my with my disease, right, with my bulimia and my compulsive overeating, I've been 125 pounds overweight. I've been 20 pounds underweight. And so my sex conduct has been all over the place. And, you know, and I'm going to tell you guys the truth. I was married for 17 years. And, you know, I was unfaithful in that because I was in my disease and it was rampant. And I would blame my ex-husband. Um, for my behavior and so what I had to do is I had to really put this stuff down and I had to get honest because you know I, I'm wanting to live by spiritual principles today you know that's the key here is it's not about you know judging where I'm at in my sex you know what's right for one person and the other person it's what's right for me and how is my behavior affecting the people in my life today and is this the way I want to live is this the kind of person I want to be and you know I just have to remember you know that my higher power is going to hold my hand through this Sorry, that's my coffee pot beeping in the back. Um, so anyway, um, you know, and I just have to remember that. And, you know, one of the things, too, I help sponsors or just people I talk about, um, you know, sometimes it's compulsive overeating. Some of us, you know, don't want to – I was like that. I did, When I was in my disease and I'm 125 pounds overweight, the last thing I want to do is have sex. And, 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 and how is that in my relationship? You know, am I – is that fair in my relationship? You know, it's – you know, sometimes I, you know um, – I use that, you know, it's sort of like, I know it sounds crazy, and I'm sure you, some of you guys have related to that, you know, but it's it can be a tool in relationships. And so I have to look at that behavior, too. So it's not just about cheating or 
or promiscuity or or those kind of unfaithfulness. It's not just about that. It's what's going on in even a monogamous relationship and how am I using that? And am I being fair? Am I being selfish? Am I being dishonest? It's it's those same questions I'm looking at and my motives and, and what I'm doing. And, you know, this is a God given talent. It talks about that in the AA 12 and 12, you know, these are our sex, you know, all of these things are our character assets gone astray. And these are God given things. And now I'm just bringing them into alignment with my higher power. And I'll wrap up with this. That's what I have to remember the most is I am bringing my stuff into alignment with God and God's going to help me to be the kind of person, the honest kind of person I'm supposed to be. So don't be scared of this guys. I know it's on page 69, but uh, you know what? I'm living by spiritual principles and I never thought this area of my life would get cleaned up. So grateful today. I am. Thank you, Rebecca. And I pass. Thank you, Kelly S. If you haven't shared on this meeting in the past couple of days and would like to share on the fourth paragraph on page 68 in the big book, please press star one to unmute and state your first name. This is Larry. Anna M. Elise M. Anna M. I heard Elise N M and then someone with an O. Jennifer W. Jennifer W. Linda D. Linda W. No. Uh, Do L. I thought there was someone with an O. I heard Do L. Maybe there wasn't anyone with an O. So here's who I have. Larry K, Anna M, Elise M, Jennifer W, Linda D. I put D. Oh, it wasn't W. I knew that wasn't right. And do L. So we have one more person wants to jump in that I missed. You could add your name. Laura. Was it Laura? Yes. And your initial? M. Your last name? Okay, so that's our lineup for now. And so, Larry Kay, please take it away. Hi, Rebecca. Good morning. Uh, Larry Kay recovered uh, from Chicago this morning. Thanks for your service, Rebecca. You know, it says we we all have sex problems. We'd hardly be human if we didn't. Um, I certainly did. You know, um, uh, I I came into this program and – and, and much earlier, decades earlier, I knew that I had sex problems. I had a fear of intimacy that I could not explain. I had a fear of emotional intimacy. I certainly, for me, had a fear of physical intimacy. So when I got to this part, I really thought, you know, there wasn't much in the way of inventorying, you know, for me, <laughs> because there wasn't, there wasn't much going on. I, I didn't understand. I didn't understand that we were looking at the social instinct that could include certainly a sex inventory. I, I had problems with that. They're, they're much better today. They're not perfect today. I can talk. I'm glad nobody's listening on this line because I, boy, oh boy, there could be real fear about talking about this part of myself, but it's my greatest ally to be able to talk about what life used, used to be like for me. You know, I had fears around it and our fears as a result of this process, what I have found this recovery process is our fears get right-sized. You know, I'm able to separate, you know, a a, a dangerous tiger, you know, a real dangerous tiger from an erroneous image of a paper lion. And there were lots of paper lions that I was scared of and sex was one of them. That paper lion for me came in 
a, a myriad of forms, rejection, abandonment, disappointment. I'll disappoint you. Oh, how I'll disappoint you in this area of my life. And then you'll reject me and there's disconnection. I'm not enough. I'll never be enough. See, all paper lions are false evidence appearing real. It comes down to fear for me. I think when I, when I subjected myself to this process, what happened is, is God had a plan for me in this area. It's not perfect today. But what happened is, is there was going to be, regardless of my understanding, there was going to be peace and serenity about this area of my life. And it would unfold over time. And if I was honest, and if I became transparent and moved from that ego-centered consciousness to a God-centered consciousness, God would reveal to me how I could, you know, what God had in store for me with regard to this area of my life. And so today I could talk about it. I could share it with other people. And it's beautiful. And so I'm grateful for this. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Rebecca. Thank you, Larry Kay. Anna M. Good morning. Can I be heard? Yes. Good morning, Anna. Good morning, Rebecca. Thank you, everyone that's on the line. And thank you. Um, Well, I first want to express my sincere gratitude for Alcoholics Anonymous for giving us this beautiful guide to help us recover from, in our case, the wreckage of the ravages of compulsive eating, as was talked about yesterday at the end of the convention. Um, you know, for me, you know, I came into OA 27 years ago and I walked into a room and was handed a big book and I looked at it and I said, I don't know what this is, but I've got an issue with food. And, um, you know, I really didn't get it for probably 23 years until I landed upon this, uh, branch or this meeting which is an OEA meeting. I'm just clarifying it for those who might not know because there might have been some talk about, you know, AA and the big book and all of that, but this book saved my life pretty much. When I came in for the 45,000th time, uh, you know, I, I finally understood what the simple, ex, you know, the simple rules or the, you know, the, structure, I finally started to get it. You know, as far as this sentence, and I'll giggle with that, giggle now about sex. You know, I mean, you know, for me, in my case, I'm cross-addicted, and I can laugh, and I can cry with that sentence. Three, three, three words. I have to go to a special program to deal with sex, because it's so involved. And there's a reason why in doing the fourth and fifth step, the inventory is anger, resentment, that's one, fear, number two, and sex. There's a reason why that's, it's on purpose, you know. So for me, I was, you know, I was a frequent flyer. I don't have any miles. Like, I can't fly around the world for free, you know, but I can tell you that, you know, this disease almost killed me. And I thank Alcoholics Anonymous for the big book because it saved my life. And I thank you all, and I thank you. I want to give a special um, word of gratitude to the people on this line that were generous enough to offer 
a little extra when they paid for their registration because I was not able to go otherwise, and I appreciate the scholarship that I was given. Thank you so very much, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Anna M. Elise M. Elise M. Hi. Hi, this is, this is Elise M. My phone just takes some time. I'm having post-convention depression. No, actually, I'm having what Harlan said. I'm having the joy of coming back and spreading the message um, from the convention. I'm not avoiding sex. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, but I just wanted to say from our meeting in Passaic, I think there were eight of us that went. Um, and there's only 13 people in that meeting. And I think that's due to us, a few of us just talking about it. And we want to spread the message of what we saw at that convention. I want to thank Leah and Melanie and everybody on the committee and all the speakers um, and everybody that went. It was fabulous. And now about sex. Well, I don't have any problems with sex, not a one, because I am perfect. I have wings and I've been flying around in the heavens for a long time. Yep, yep, yep. Well, that's not true, if you can imagine that. And I um, was very excited to meet my sponsor for the first time. And we did some fifth step. And I'm going to be dealing with that area. And um, we'll be dealing with it. It's okay. It's fine. And, you know, I work as a therapist. I hear it all, I think. And I'm not, I'm not ashamed of my conduct because that was you know it was like that was then and this is now kind of thing and i'm not you know um that's you know and, and uh mine wasn't so much you know promiscuity but maybe you know holding back because you know i was in a marriage that was an unhappy one and so i wasn't there was a lack of interest there it was there was a pain there and i didn't want to i didn't want to be involved with the intimacy if the pain was there. And uh, so, you know, I did like pick the fight so that he wouldn't be interested or whatever. Like it wasn't, it wasn't good. wasn't good. I'm just didn't even know I was going to share that because that's real personal, but that's, you know, there are things that, that I wouldn't do today. You know, how about have a discussion? Would that be okay? You know, talk about whatever's bothering you and, and uh, have the discussion in the marriage instead of, acting out in other ways. So maybe that would be more what the program would say to do. So um, I'm very grateful for this program. Um, I'm very grateful that I had the opportunity to go to the convention. I too was given a scholarship for the registration. And you know why I was given that? Because I asked for it. And I heard people talking about the cost and that it was hard for them I encourage you, if it's hard, ask for the help that you need um, and come next year because it was phenomenal. The work that went into it, I'm sure, was phenomenal. And I'm very grateful. I'm not taking a picture of my food to send to my sponsor, but maybe I'll take a picture of the stuff I have to do for service today. So um, thank you for listening. Have a great day. Thank you, Elise M. Uh, Jennifer W., before you share, I'm just going to let everybody know we're at the bottom of page 68 to the top of page 69, now about sex. 
Jennifer W. Hi, this is Jennifer W. Can you hear me? Yes. Good morning, Jennifer. Oh, great. Um, thank you so much for this meeting and the conference and everything. I'm really grateful to be still at the Marriott and to be listening. I, um, For me, it's really amazing because I had, before I, I used to have like the thought that there would be a man coming to save me and the way that I would have like connecting would be through love and um, I had a really hard time connecting with women and I'm just so amazed how like I now at the convention I met some women that are like um, truly beautiful and we connected in a way which I never really did like before with women and um I'm 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 really really grateful for that finding these like friendships where I'm actually like intimate in 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 myself like who I am and being honest and really authentic and uh, also coming here from Sweden to New York for the convention it's also like scary because um what what can happen is that you can get rejected and uh, you can feel lonely and left out and I did I did feel left out but uh, it was the disease and then I actually managed to get out of it and uh, reach out and and there was so much love and those connections I just want to continue to keeping that I don't want to have like my intimacy through sex and love Um, I I I need to get close to people in a way which is really beautiful, which I feel that I can do in this program because people that doesn't have this disease, um, it's hard to get close in the way that you can with someone that actually has this disease. And I'm really, really grateful for that. And I just want to say that I'm actually at the Marriott and staying until tomorrow. So if anyone is there, you can reach out to me because I'd love to do fellowship. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jennifer W. from Sweden. Linda D. Morning, everybody. It's Linda D. from Connecticut. This is such a touchy topic, so I'll plunge right in. <laughs> wow. Um can you hear me? Can you hear me? Uh, someone's unmuted. I can hear you, Linda D., but we hear others as well, or at least one other person. So could you check your phone and make sure you've pressed star one to remute if you opened up your line to share earlier? Thank you. Go ahead, Linda D. I'll start Hi. the timer over. <laughs> okay. Hi. I don't have one, so we'll have to do the best we can. This is uh, a touchy topic, and... Um, Hmm. Here's the thing. I better just jump right in. Um, I'm 75 years old, and I feel like I'm about 15, 16, maybe, as far as knowing about sex and men and how to act. And somebody's flirting with me, and I have to have a conference call with three women to realize that they're someone's flirting with me. Because if you roll back into time, because I been in program since I was 38, um, I had absolutely no interest in sex, I thought, and for sure, being, you know, like 
I, I guess, 150 pounds overweight. I'm, I'm not that now. I, I'm little now. And so defenseless is what it feels like sometimes, but it's not true. Because the, the big thing that intervened is the truth. And I was an atheist, and I didn't know what the truth was. God is the truth. However you want to say it, the divine. And that force in my life through the big book, through the help of all of you people for decades, particularly this meeting, uh, my sponsors, particularly my current sponsor who is off the chart great, um, I've grown to the point where I know it's about me giving love to other people in general. And I need guidance with that. And then the right people come. And I don't know what the heck to do with guys, but I'll find out sooner or later. And it's fun. And who knew that? Because it's new. I haven't been 15 for quite a while. But I sure as heck feel like 15 now. It actually is fun. But I had to get through all that. I'm not good enough. I'm a piece of you-know-what. And nobody wants me and all that stuff. That is addiction. So it's wonderful uh, jump in the boat because this stuff works. I pass. Thanks, Linda D. from Connecticut. Do L. Good morning. This is Do L. from New York. Um, grateful to be here. Grateful for the convention. Grateful to everyone who did service. Still here in New York, uh, Newark. Uh, uh, New Jersey, um, doing service, helping other people that stayed behind. So um, grateful for that. But um, anyways, talking about sex, many of us needed an overhauling there. And I and I remember thinking, you know, when I got to this point of the inventory, overhauling. What does that mean? You know, does that mean I come with a U-Haul truck and I and I get ready to dump my crap on, you know, about sex uh, on my on my sponsor or in this step inventory, or what does it really mean? So overhauling is to let's get the right definition. It says to renovate, to remake, to revise, and to renew, and that's what the overhauling. This is. This is about examining my sex life, how it's been, and now I'm going to shape my sane ideal around that, that sex life, right? And it says, you know, I'm not going to get into opinions when I'm doing this inventory. I'm not going to get into my philosophy about, you know, what that sex life looks like. I'm not going to examine it and digest it and dissect it. No, I'm getting to the fact finding and fact-facing of this inventory, right? So that's what the, the, the inventory calls for, right? Fact-finding. What was my problem with my sex life? And facing it, right? What, what do I do with it? And this inventory is going to help me. And it's already helped me this far, right? Because it says that when I have a resentment and I have a fear around sex, I should be praying about those things, right? We have the resentment prayer that's already been spoken about, and I should be doing this as I'm looking at these people that I've had sex with or 
you know, or person or whatever the case might be, right, in, in my inventory. And then I'm going to look at that resentment and say, I'm going to pray for that person so that I could be shaping that ideal of what that looks like. If I have a fear, if I have a fear of having sex, if I have a fear of not having sex, if I have a fear of, of just not looking at this stuff the right way, right, I need to be praying about that. And, you know, and it says here that I'm not going to, um, it says uh, we had sex problems, all of us did, right? But we want to stay out of the controversy. We're not getting into opinions. And I'm so glad that when I did this inventory, I closed it up with this, when I did this inventory with my sponsor, it was not about my opinions or her opinions. It was about the facts. What are the facts about my life history with this? And I put it down on, in paper, black and white, and I did the work, and I was free from it. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Sue L. from New York. Laura M. Laura M. Star one to mute. <clears throat> I don't hear Laura M. So it's time to take more names on people who would like to share on the fourth paragraph and page. Ned S. Have it. Ned S. Linda P. Shannon D. Shannon D. Melissa P. Melissa P. Melissa P. Um, did you get Dorita P? Dorita P. No, I did not, but now I have. And I'll take Margo. Margo P. Margo P. Yes. Okay, here's, here's who I have. Ned S., Loretta P., Shannon D., Melissa P., Dorita P., and Margot P. And I know it might not seem fair because someone else may have said their name and I missed it, but that's the way the ball bounces. So, <laughs> sorry. Vasa, oh. Sorry. Vasa, I don't think we'll have time, but if we do, I'll add you at the end. So, Ned S., please go ahead. Can I be heard? Yes. Good morning, Ned. Good morning. Well, so here's a man talking about sex. I hope you don't think it's going to be a salacious discussion because it isn't. There's a saying that if you don't go through things when you're supposed to, you're doomed to do them later. My mother was a beautiful woman, but I don't. You're supposed to get your sense of sexuality or or something like that uh, from your mother. I don't ever, ever remember anyone telling me that, forget about good looking, but decent looking or something positive about it. And that's the way I grew up. Um, I married early at 21, not knowing anything, literally going from my parents' house to uh, 
my new wife's house. Both of her parents had been dead since she was 18. So I inherited a stepbrother and sister right away. But it was a marriage of enabling, or there's a better word for it, a co-enabler. In other words, don't bother me and I won't bother you. You know, don't call me on my stuff and I won't call you uh, on your stuff. And it remained that way for many, many years until in a work uh, situation, working with some women, they listened to my life and they said, what's the matter with you? You know, why do you allow this? Why do you allow that? In any event, I never thought I was even attractive. I thought I was homely. And the whole idea that someone would find me attractive was just unthinkable. And someone said, you know, they do, you're just not aware of it. So when it happened, it was more out of curiosity than than anything else. What did they find? Why did they find me attractive? And of course, I fell. And I was married at the time. It did happen once more. But the third time, I'm married to that person for 32 years. What I did was the reverse. She had a habit. You have to be in a mood. You know, sex is a is a mood. And she would bring up money problems exactly at the wrong time. And I withheld. As a punishment, I withheld sex really for a very long time. I'm not sure how I'm going to end this discussion. I hope somebody is timing me. Your time. Uh, please, I have some time yet. Anyway, uh, that's the point. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Great. Thank you, Ned S. Before we call on Loretta, I'm going to try for Laura M. again. Laura M., are you on the line, and would you like to share? Okay, Loretta P. Loretta P. Shannon D. There's some beeping going on here. Can you hear me? Who am I hearing? Shannon D. Who asked? Shannon D. You're up. Thanks. Okay. Okay. This is Shannon D. from uh, Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and I appreciate the the humor in this paragraph. I think, you know, it's funny to think about an all-pepper diet, and there's so many ways. I've tried to have an all-pepper solution in my life, but even more important is to me is that phrase about, we, you know, we might be having sex, but it's not the right kind. <laughs> and that is how I lived my life. And and it's been a big part of my recovery, too. Like, how how can everybody be doing this entire abstinence thing? Clearly, I'm doing something wrong, and there's some right way. So I can relate to um, extremes in thinking, which 
I hear a warning in this paragraph about extremes and and also about being the judge or arbiter of anybody else's conduct. It makes me think of that 60-day coin in my um, AA program that says, to thine own self be true. And that's what I'm learning here, just one day at a time, listening and digging deep into myself to figure out what is true for me. And if there's any newcomers present, I'll say, I know at first I was so nervous about um, having to look at all at any of my sexual conduct because, like many of us, it was all over the place, Um, you know, from too much to none and, you know, pepper to bland, whatever. But doing this part of the steps really gave me a good roadmap on how to interact in all relationships of attraction, not just uh, a lover, but even, you know, someone that I'm flirting with or who's flirting with me. And I got that roadmap from doing the the column work that comes with step four um, and looking at my fears and looking if I was self-reliant and if I was, did it work? And if it didn't, how would God have me be? And it generally was the exact opposite of how I was being. Like, let's say I was being manipulative and clingy and um, afraid. Well, then God would have me be um, trusting, confident, and independent. You know, it always was just like the opposite. So now I have a way to be in my life that is so much more peaceful and pleasant than um an all-pepper diet or, like, no pepper at all. And thank you for the chance to share. I'll pass. Thank you, Shannon D. Melissa P. Hi. Good morning, everyone. This is Melissa P. from Buffalo. Thank you so much for your service. You know, when I first started getting ready to do my my sex inventory, I was terrified. Um, You know, I grew up the fat girl that, you know, was always friends with guys or guys only talked to me because they wanted to go out with my friends. And uh, when I was 20, 23, I had gastric bypass and lost, you know, 160 pounds at the the prime of my late adolescence. And I was, you know, ready to go and, and make good. All bets were off. And I spent several months where it was physically impossible, although I tested those extremes, to overeat, so I indulged in men, you know, and what I was looking for was the same thing that I was looking for when I was face down in a bag of Doritos. You know, I I was born with a hole in my spirit, and I was looking for a way to fill that void, you know, and when it, it came to putting the things that I had done on paper, it wasn't because I'm a bad person, um, you know, and I had to really look at the character defects that helped play a part in that. I was selfish. I was so selfish, and I had ego. I wanted what I wanted when I wanted it, you know, because I needed to make up for 23 years of my life where I was never good enough. And the thing is, and the program helped me to see, is that I was only pushing myself farther down with that, you know, and that was, that was big for me. Um, and then, of course, you know, gaining all 150 pounds back, 
um, and never wanting to have sex, you know, I had to take a look at that too. Well, why not? Because I don't like the way my body looks now. Well, that's selfish too, you know, because I was married and I am married to someone who loves me. Um, you know, and when we think about that overhaul piece, you know, someone had just said it's it's redefining what that needs to look like aligned with the principles. You know, and it's not it's not my business what anybody else does with their sex life. The same that it wasn't my business what somebody else had on their plate or what their abstinent foods were this weekend. You know, people were eating all sorts of different things. That's none of my business because this is a path that's for me to walk, you know, and if I don't look at the things that I've done and the harms that I've done and the character defects that drove those behaviors, I'm I'm just stepping up to the to the plate to make those again. You know, and so I'm so grateful for this program that the way that I can define my abstinence is the same way that I can define what a healthy sex relationship would be for me. So thank you so much and with that I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa P. Dorita P., I thought you were Loretta, so that explains it. Dorita P. Dorita? Hi. Um, Can I be heard? Yes. Hi, Dorita. Hello? Hi. Hi. Thank you. Hi. Press. Yeah, I can hear you too. I pressed uh, star one, star one, star one. Uh, thank you so much for your service. My name is Dorita P from Cleveland, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater, and I'm really grateful to be here. It's a privilege, and I, they say this is my signature. Uh, it's a privilege and honor to be at a meeting of uh, Overeaters Anonymous. Everybody do not get this opportunity for whatever reason, and so I'm really grateful I have a seat here. Yes, I don't know what's going to come out, but I know I'm kind of like all over the place. Um, but I'm really grateful uh, that, you know, this is in the big book, you know, now about sex. I mean, I read somewhere, I think it might have been in one of our uh or some meditation book, I read five of them, but it might have been in ours, um, that, you know, we talk about relationships all the time, but very rarely in the rooms do we talk about sex. But, you know, we are sexual beings. And uh, and I learned a lot, you know. I wrote down, uh, I wrote down to write about sex and resentments connected with those relationships, Um and I wrote down, man I met on on a dating site. I have a resentment against him. Uh, but uh, he kind of, what's the word? Uh, he, um, what's the word? Um, he tricked me. I don't know what the word is, but he tricked me into having sex with him. Um, and I, I resent him for that. Um, but, yeah, um I'm, like I said, I'm really grateful for this part in the big book because it don't it doesn't get talked about in meetings and uh it's a it's a huge thing. You know, we I know for a long time I thought it was a really small thing, but it's a huge thing. And I and I actually did a talk on it one time years ago, um and I remember saying, you know, whether you're having it or not, you know, it's important to talk about and um 
So I'm really grateful. And the last thing I just wanted to share, that I was at the convention and um, met everybody. He had a beautiful, beautiful time. Um, I was kind of shy at first, uh, feeling kind of lonely at first, but I bow and loved. Uh, but when I got back, they had uh, opened and uh, searched my luggage, uh, which they have several times before. And I, I think it's because I, I have cans in it, and maybe the cans on on the scan are like look like bombs. But anyway, they went in again. Uh, they didn't leave a they didn't leave a um, thing saying that they went in, and they had uh, so I had a can of chili, and chili was on some of my things, including my big book, and uh, and then they just ripped uh, one of my bras, one of my sexy bras. I only have two, but they ripped one of them and just ripped it apart like it was an act of rage. Um, maybe they were tired of going in and finding cans and not bombs. I don't know. But right. they just ripped my bra in two. Um, so, yeah, thank you. Just thank you for letting me share that. I mean, uh, so I didn't feel sexy yesterday because they messed up one of my sexy bras. And I feel powerless, and I feel um, like it was a hate crime. But anyway, thank you for letting me share Take care. Oh, thank you, Dorita P. Thanks for sharing that. Margot P. Good morning, everyone. This is Margot P. from uh, Tampa, Florida. And I'm also grateful that I went into this convention. It was the beautiful convention that I ever went to in, in regarding to the regular OA convention. But this one, I couldn't believe where they used a lot about the big book. They used a lot about the book book. Every time they reference something about a subject, they reference to the page. And today, for me, reading this paragraph, you know, it hit me where it says, then we have the voice who cry for sex. And I was young. I was looking for love for the wrong places. Love that I thought it was love. It was filling me only pain, more pain, with the past of men relationships that I came about with as a young, as, as a young adult to adult woman. And no wonder I wound up getting pregnant with these men. And I got pregnant young. But coming to OA, I didn't realize I had resentment but that I hold on for so long, and I used food to cover those pains. And when I had to do with a fourth step with my sponsor, it opened up a lot of cans. Can worms of pain that was buried, especially where it started the sex in my life that was started from, and I am an incest survivor. It started from then, and then it started to carry on. But this pain, and then brought into resentment and the feeling and anger, Today, I feel much better healing with that. And and someone said, oh, sometimes I feel like I'm 20, but I don't have to act on the sex part. I just have to feel that I am love myself. I have to be present and, and, and abstinent. And so I just, and I'm grateful. I mean, I'm so grateful that I went into the convention and, and, and hear a lot of people and met some lovely ladies and men in the and. And all the speaker, and I also someone approached me to be a sponsor to sponsor them. It's like, what God, you are working in my life, and he is. 
He is working in my life, and I am grateful to be on this call. And so thank you, thank you, everyone, to be on this beautiful morning. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, Margo P. in Florida. Oh, we have time for you. Thank you, Rebecca, so much. Navasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, calling from Florida, and I heard the convention was awesome. I didn't make it this year, but I hope and pray the next one. And about sex, I mean, <laughs> I remember the word sex the first time I heard it. I, I was appalled, you know. That was just something we didn't talk at home, you know. And um, people have to, the, the, people have different opinions uh, about sex. We don't judge, you know, and I don't judge, and I don't want anybody to judge me either. So, uh, I, um, again, I didn't have many experience, a lot of experience in dating or having sex, you know, before marriage. Uh, I was married when I was 20. My husband was 20, and I was 22 years old when we both got married, we didn't know anything about it, you know. And I remember my aunt saying to me on what the day I was getting married or maybe around that time, oh, it's wonderful. You're going to see the stars, you know, up the sky, you know, like the fireworks. Well, I didn't have that experience. She lied to me. Maybe other people had it, but I didn't. I had a lot of fear around, uh, around sex, you know. I mean, here, you're forbidden not to have sex you know, before marriage, and you're supposed to enjoy and have a wonderful time. Well, it's a gradual thing. It's like working on everything else, you know. And, uh, yeah, we've had problems in our sex part in our lives. And I thought, well, we didn't have it for a long time. Now I wanted to have more and more and more to fill in the hole in my heart to, you know, that it was, I was em- empty and I was always looking for love I thought that was going to take care of my happiness and uh, whatever, you know, and it's like anything else, you know. Um, They said sex, it's only 2% of life, and I was really so disappointed to hear that. I thought sex was the whole life, you know, and I had a lot to learn and to grow in this area and to look it up Talk another time. It's my time. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. It actually was not your time, Vasa O, but thank you so much. We have one more minute if anybody wants to make a quick share on this topic. Crystal P? Crystal P? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Did I hear Crystal P? Yes. Crystal P, you get the minute. Go right ahead. Thank you. Hi, good morning. I'm Crystal P. from Toronto. I was so grateful to be at the convention um, this weekend. And when I read this first, this paragraph first, I really thought it didn't apply to me because I'd never been in a relationship uh, before program. Uh, food was everything to me. It was my best friend, my lover. I've never, I'd never felt an attraction to a man. Um, and I've only been in program for two years now. And so I haven't ever been in a relationship. And so I thought this, this really didn't apply to me. And even when I was, you know, um, I was in my disease, I'd look at all these skinny girls and judge their relationships and give them advice and, you know, look at how they used men. And I would never do that. And step four was so eye-opening for me. 
where it says that we all have sex problems because um, you, you know, when I was in the food, what I learned to do is come to any relationship thinking what I could get from it, never thinking what I could give from it. So I manipulated people. I, you know, I would let them get close to me and then push them away. I do whatever I had to do to make myself feel safe and hurt people, hurt people, you know, and now I'm starting to look at all this stuff in my step four and five and and it's very easy to go down the rabbit hole of, I'm so far from the ideal. How am I going to fix this? You know, as addicts, we run to extremes, and I want to fix it now. And what I've learned is I don't get to have 30 years of recovery in two years. I have to accept that I am where God wants me to be right now, and all I have to do is work this program. Just work these steps, and God will fit me to be of maximum service in any relationship because that is the purpose of these steps. And... Um, so that's where I remember Dr. Bob's line, keep it simple, just work the steps. I don't have to analyze and reanalyze all of my sex behaviors and fears. I just have to work the steps and God will take care of the rest. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Crystal T. Thank you everyone for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The share ID number for this meeting, Monday, November 18th, 2019, 7 a.m. Eastern Time is 13,678. That's 1-3-6-7-8. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will do, L. please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Good morning, family. Um, it says, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do for each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with it with him is right, and great events will come to to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you unto then.